0: Welcome back to Miss Radio, everyone. This is your host, Gabe Sanders. You're about to hear our third episode in the series on affordable housing and homelessness featuring candidates for city council and mayor in the city of Monterey. This episode features Bill McCrone, who is running against incumbent mayor Clyde Roberson. Bill and I discussed his views on the policy landscape and possible solutions to the affordable housing crisis here in Monterey as well as what we can do for the homeless population in terms of policy and coming together as a community. I hope you learned from and enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, here's Bill McCrone, candidate for mayor of the City of Monterey. for the Monterey City Council elections, not to mention some pretty important elections in D.C. and across the country. You are running for mayor, Mr. McCrone.
1: Yes, mayor, mayor of the city of Monterey.
0: Mayor, mayor of the city of Monterey, and this isn't the first time,
1: right? No, this is the first time I run for mayor. Uh, I run for city council when I was practicing law um, from my seat on the Planning Commission. And didn't win, uh, but I really didn't have the time to devote to campaigning. Uh, uh, this is more than 10 years ago, but, but uh, uh, that I do now. Uh, and, and I don't want to just be on city council. I want to be in a leadership role. I want to be able to set the agenda and I want to be able to push the agenda to get things done. I'm not getting on, I don't want to be mayor just so I can sit up there and be a city spokesman. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got some very definite things that I want to accomplish and I think I can accomplish in the next two years. Fair
0: enough. I like the idea of doing. (laughs) Uh, So you're a veteran of the Vietnam War. Yes, uh, Uh, 70, 71. And I'd rather talk about your time when you returned as a veteran. Um, Your experience overseas, of course, is, I mean, thank you for that. Uh, It's a very interesting time in our history and we can speak about that maybe off record, but I want to talk about the services that you enjoyed as a veteran when you returned to the US. Uh, Which services as a veteran did you avail of when you came home?
1: Well, um, when I came home, I was still in the Army. Uh, I'm a West Point graduate, and I owed the Army five years active duty after I graduated in 68. So I came back in 71, and I went straight to law school. And it's curious, uh, uh, I, I always have found it remarkable. I went literally. I got off the plane from Vietnam on a Sunday night in Washington National, and you know, on Monday morning I, I, I matriculated at the University of Virginia Law School in wow. Charlottesville. So talk about a a, a change of of scenery, uh, yeah, hitting at, the ground at, running, at, at a cultural clash. Yeah, uh, and so of course I still had a. A a military haircut, but I found it in my class, uh, and uh, there were a bunch of remarkable people in my class, to include uh, um, the special prosecutor.
0: Um, What's his name? Robert Mueller. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, yeah.
1: We we played same law school class. We we played flag football against against one another. In fact, (sighs) he, he he captained we. I captained one team, and he captained the other in a championship flag football in, in, intramural game. Uh, no kidding, uh, but uh, it was it was a real cultural clash. But but I loved it. Uh, yeah, I mean, law school and the University of Virginia, of course. Mr. Mr. Jefferson's university uh, was, it is a is a revered place. Uh, Jefferson isn't quite the. Hero that, that, that he was when mm, I entered anymore right. because of discoveries and criticisms and so on and so Hindsight. forth. But, uh, it was uh, uh, it, it was a time I was there during Watergate. Hmm. Uh, I had a prof- I had professors that were either advocates in court in Washington or a judge. Uh, we I, I did a moot, moot court before a judge. His, his name was Maximum John Sirica of the D.C. Uh, District Court, uh, and he's the one that handled most of the motions uh, from from the Watergate. Um, but uh, I I went there on the GI Bill, so my, my education was being paid for by my Veterans Benefit. Okay. And I, there was a special law that was passed. At that time, the services could not send officers to law school. Interesting. So, uh, and it goes back, Decades to where they didn't want to train military officers in the law for fear that they would lead coups, uh, uh, which was wow. Absurd. I, no I mean, you know, that's that's what we take the oath that we're going to uphold the Constitution, we're not going to go against it, and that's frankly the, the safeguard that we have in Washington today. Uh, but, but uh, <laughs> safeguard, uh, uh, it, it's. Uh, um, uh, it, it, it certainly was money well well spent, uh, and I was able to go to go to law school, uh, uh, and then came out here. Uh, I was stationed at Fort Ord. I, I had the uh, it was a first choice. I had a first choice since it was my first choice after a combat tour, and I chose Fort Ord, which was in a very active uh, uh, military base with about twenty thousand soldiers. And I became the chief uh, of the defense branch, so you know, I defended um, soldiers for two years, uh, in a very active trial jurisdiction. Wow. Had some murder cases and other things, really, really got a good grounding in the law. Uh, and, uh, and then I got out and I really didn't use the VA services until, um, 1995, uh, I had a heart attack for no, no visible reason. I mean, I didn't have any history. Uh, I had good, good uh, qualities, uh, or, or good blood pressure, cholesterol, so on and so forth. And it was Agent Orange, wow. uh, where I served. Um, I was out in the field a lot in, in, in combat, but the most heavily sprayed area of Vietnam, uh, and it affects some people and some people it doesn't. I have a sergeant who is like like me, uh, but uh, or who was affected. Uh, uh, that I still stay in, stay in touch with, but there are many, many classmates from West Point who served at that, at that time that have, have been affected by Agent Orange. And it's the gift that, that keeps on giving. Oh, yeah. So it, that wound up, uh, I, I had a, a, a heart transplant. No kidding. In 2009, uh, and the VA has, uh, I mean, you know, I don't broadcast it, but I'm 100% disabled veteran because of the heart transplant and because of the effects. Uh, I, I can't walk right because of uh, the effects of Agent Orange. Uh, I mean, I'm still strong, uh, and, and I'm happy to Hail say... Hail and that, hearty. Yeah, I'm happy to say that in January, it'll be 10 years since I've had a transplant. Which That's incredible. It, it It is an amazing thing. But the VA has been wonderful to me since... I got sick, uh, which was really—I uh, mean, it started in '95, but I was almost uh, unable to function in, in 2008 until I got my heart—my heart
0: transplant. So, so, where's the gap for veterans now who are experiencing PTSD uh, or any other effects they take home, whether it's Agent Orange from Vietnam or? lost limbs from places like Iraq and Afghanistan or anywhere in the world. Uh, yeah. We have homeless veterans who technically have the same services available to them but who are suffering nonetheless.
1: Yeah, yeah it's, well, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's, you, just, you just touched on about five things to answer. Yeah, start As wherever the, you like. The, the Army has been very slow to recognize PTSD. Uh, and, I mean, all of us come back with some of it. It was years before I stopped watching the tree line when I was driving mm. down the highway uh, uh, and friends, classmates you know w- woke up at night, so on and so forth. Yeah. But the people that really are severe, the Army was very slow to recognize that and come up with suitable treatment so I think they 're doing a much better job now but but you know uh, they haven 't really uh, treated it as a major problem, uh, until about 10 years ago, uh, uh, services that are available. It depend too much on where you live. Right. We've got excellent veterans care here in the San Francisco Bay area. We've got two hospitals. Anytime I got a serious problem, I go to Stanford, uh, hospital and the VA pays the bill. uh, uh and, uh, yeah, uh, I mean I I I call myself the the, the multi million dollar man. The transplant <laughs> alone was a <laughs> million and a half dollars. Wow. And I paid ninety three of it. Uh
0: so ninety-three dollars? Yeah. Out of a million and a half. Oh. Uh so sometimes the system works very well. Yeah,
1: it's worked very well for me because of this district. Mm-hmm. Now it apparently it works terribly in Arizona. Yeah. Uh and of course the farther you get away from the major hubs the Midwest uh, the far West Wyoming those areas is a long way they have to drive to get VA services so I mean it 's just tough tough to get that kind of coverage that you need uh, uh, but uh, uh, it's uh, yeah it, it's it 's a system that is vital uh, i I would hate to see it ever privatized because they mm focus on what the veterans' problems are and do a lot of research that helps the veterans. And, you know, when we talk about a war in Iraq, uh, people coming home now with uh, terrible injuries and lost limbs and so on and so forth, but 20 years and 30 years from now, people are going to be coming up with stuff just like Mm -hmm. I did 30 years later with Agent Orange other chemicals that are over there,
0: right?
1: So we're we're writing a bill um, uh, to pay for those to take care of those people. we we uh, when we send them to war. Oh, uh, we, I see. We, we, we are uh, we're writing ourselves a bill that we're going to have to pay yeah. for those people uh, fifty years from now, uh, and that's. I mean, you ask about the VA, and that's. <clears throat> It's not local,
0: but that's my well, feelings on it. Well, yeah, so on a, in a more local sense, I, I drive to Salinas a couple of days a week for work, and I drive past, I think it's a sort of a, it seems like a sort of transitional housing development. I believe that's in the Fort Ord area. It's mm-hmm. a small one. that looks like it's recommissioned old army barracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I used to work there. Oh, really? Okay, so what was your experience there? What were you seeing as far as sort of Whether it's—I don't know if they would call it recidivism there—but people who had to continue returning, or what what did this, these veterans experience, kind of leave them with when they exited? Do you think they were ready for, uh, you know, really re-entering society at that point?
1: Well, I I think you might have a little bit of misconception. Yeah, please clear it up if I
0: have. uh,
1: uh, I'm a mentor in the Veterans Transition Court. the Veterans Transition Center is I think what you're referring to which is up at the north end of the Fort Ord where the old barracks is Okay. across the street from that development that's got the REI and uh, yeah yeah it's just across the the street from there and and that's really kind of a shelter or or, that provides some shelter but it's not a long term answer yeah Uh, uh, they don't have uh, resources there I mean the, the, the VA um Clinic, uh, which was just opened last summer, summer of 2017, um, does provide some services, but it's uh, uh, unless the veteran avails himself of it, uh, it it's uh, n- nobody keeps track of them. Uh, um, so, uh, if if they want to be involved, it, it, it may or may not be convenient. To get the treatment that is needed, but the treatment is available, and that's what the Veterans Transition Center is. Okay. It's, it's not like where you graduate having uh, having had counseling for a certain period of time. It doesn't work that way. Right. Uh, it's a shelter. Uh, I was at last uh, weekend at the fairgrounds. Was the uh, stand down. Uh, that's right. for the for homeless vets, and I was there. Um, just uh, to contribute some coats and to uh, you know walk, walk around. And, what did you yeah. see? Um, I didn't see a lot of people that were um, uh, what you see in, in the streets of San Francisco. What what some people would say yeah. derelict. Uh, uh, these were people that still had some pride, but but they had economic hard times and. Um, and had lost their job, or it was too expensive uh, to be able to afford to live around here, and, and so they're living out of their cars.
0: So, what uh, can we do for them? Well, uh, what can you do for
1: them? Well, as a mayor of Monterey, not not much. But uh, uh, what we can continue to push for is available shelter and permanent homes. Right for veterans. Uh, there isn't
0: a single adult homeless shelter in the city of Monterey, at least. Not that in I'm the city, of. no. The, the
1: the nearest permanent shelter that I'm, I'm aware, aware of, of um, is in San Jose, or is, is in the, uh, the old Moffat Field, you know where that is? Mm-hmm. The, the big hangar? Yeah, the air base. Yeah, uh, the former air base. But, um, and there's some in the East Bay and there's some in the North Bay. Uh, uh, veterans homes were um, I mean, you don't have to be disabled. You just have to need shelter, and you're a, you're a veteran. The, the place up near San Francisco, uh, uh, Sacramento, that they had the shooting over um, uh, the pier last year. Yeah, or, oh. um came in and shot a, a man. Came in and shot a couple of social workers, and they've since closed it. That was a veteran's sh- shelter, uh-huh. and he had been involved in the program. But I mean, one never knows what goes through his head. But mm-hmm. uh, some some resentment he bore uh, from having been in the program. But there there is shelter around, uh, uh, not as not as much as we need. Um, I, I mean, shelter uh, uh, for homeless vets uh, uh, is. There, there certainly is much more of that available in Northern California than there is for homeless people mm. uh who don't have uh, dd two fourteen. Um uh the uh, and what's dd two fourteen? That that's your 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 honorable discharge counters. That proves that you've served. Uh that everybody every I mean anybody you don't have to be disabled. Anybody who's got who, who has served honorably can take advantage of the VA health care uh, and, and it's treated like uh, an insurance and you do have a yeah. copay uh, if you're not disabled uh, but you're just in the 60s or 70s or whatever and you want you need health care and you can go to the VA if you are a veteran uh, and that's available throughout, throughout the country
0: uh, So if you're, whether you're a veteran or not. I'm going to transition a little bit. If you're homeless in Monterey County, uh, the resources are limited, like I said. Uh, in Monterey City at least, there are no shelters. There are smaller shelters around the county for um, youth especially, I've seen, but nothing nothing that could really address the needs of these people who are sleeping on the streets. If you were mayor, uh, is there anything you think you could do here in Monterey to provide for those people, these homeless people?
1: Well, I, I think there's three things that, that, that I at least would undertake. Uh, when I was on the Planning Commission, and I was on for 18 years, several times chairman, we, I think this was about 2010, or I'm sorry, I think it was about 2012, mm-hmm. but we, uh, we saw for the first time an application by a nonprofit to provide a safe overnight parking for homeless women that were living out of their car. Mm-hmm. And um, that came to us as a request for a use permit you know, to be put into a church parking lot overnight. Of course, it wasn't being used for anything else. Right. And the church was willing to take responsibility for supervising it, not 24 hours, but at least, you know, cleaning up, making sure people left in the morning. Right. And it was available at night and it, it, that was the first time I actually had hands on with it uh, and we fought very hard to get that use permit approved uh, the city first came in with a $3,000 permit fee which was absurd well, uh, for a nonprofit, and, yeah, to use a parking lot for, for this church to, to have a use permit to let uh, this nonprofit would, if uh, something like Dorothy's place, I, I don't okay, I yeah, don't remember the name, but it was something like that. But they had a, they had a facility, they had a parking place in the valley, and they were bringing it into town, and we very, very much needed it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the city's first reaction to it, well, we'll treat this like any other use permit, and charge a three thousand dollar development fee. Uh, and I screamed bloody murder! I, I, I mean, I told it, so the city attorney, "That's your job. Find, find, find out a way we can charge him a nominal fee. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous to charge him three thousand dollars." I hear that. Uh, uh, and, and, and I mean, this was six years ago. Uh, so the, the the staff backed off the fee. We uh, the plant commission ended up approving the use permit. Uh, very. And 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 hope that that would be the model for others. I mean, uh, the area behind the police department is a good place, I think, Mm. uh, for again women who live in their cars. They just need a place uh, to park that car without being harassed, right? And without being in danger. I I mean, some of them would take advantage of services that are offered, uh, but a lot of them don't want. A case worker yeah uh I, I mean that's that's what I found talking mm-hmm. to someone. you know, leave me alone, I just want a safe place to sleep, and I'll get myself back on my feet i uh, uh, um so I mean the minimum we can do is provide them with a safe place to sleep, yeah, and it costs us nothing uh but that was appealed by the neighborhood that this church parking lot was in to the city council. And there were uh, a couple of contentious hearing contentious because neighbor after neighbor, I don't want this in my neighborhood. It'll lower my property value. That sounds like a familiar argument. uh, It's a NIMBY argument. Yeah. Uh, uh, And and the city council bought it and they turned it down, uh, uh, which I thought was horrible. I I, I mean, yeah, we we listened to our citizens, but you also got to lead your citizens uh, you need to build a consensus. That this is what this is the right thing to do, and this is what we ought to be doing as a community. And yeah, I know you don't particularly like to have it in your backyard, but everybody needs to sacrifice to do what's best for the community. And there was no leadership with that at all. So I, yeah. I, I would certainly expand and make that more available to the extent. And, and provide the leadership to talk those neighbors into, you know, uh, m- mitigating their objections, mm-hmm. uh, because this is what we ought to do. Second thing, uh, uh, we have had some success. I'm a, a member of the Old Monterey Business Association, have been since over oh, 20 years, mm-hmm. which is the the downtown business association around downtown by Alvarado. Yeah, yeah. run the downtown district, Al- Alvarado, Caip, Tyler Street, so on and so forth uh and uh, uh the homeless problem uh, and i still talk to some people that that don't feel safe at at, at night down there uh i mean even the early evening
0: in di- in different parts of downtown homeless people who don't feel safe or no, cit- no. citizens citizens i mean homeless people are citizens let's not make hom- that. yeah uh, but they don't feel the, safe because the homeless there are people
1: are are people yeah they're human beings they're they're uh, they're Americans, uh, and they need to be treated with that respect there 's a segment that have got mental illness, and mm-hmm. we need you know to do our best to get them uh, uh, into treatment, although many of them w- won 't go yeah. uh, I say man, some of them won 't go, uh, and we don 't currently have any tool to force them there 's a pilot program going on. In, in San Diego, LA, and San Francisco that I think just started, where there is some some uh, some power too. Similar uh, to a
0: 5150 kind of thing? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it doesn't reach that level. But you can, can force someone to have counseling for a period mm-hmm. of time when they're a danger to themselves and the community. Uh, uh, but what we've had some success doing uh, uh, with the downtown is, I mean, we had the sit and lie law that didn't, was never enforced. There was never a citation written for it, <laughs> but it gave the police. And then we hired volunteer police. They don't carry guns. They can't arrest people, but they patrol the downtown. And what their job is, is to develop a personal relationship with these human beings that are on the street. Uh, so that you know them by name and right. start to know what their story is uh, and you find out what it is they need uh, to get off the street and, and I mean it's a small segment that just simply does not want to get off the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember hearing we had the Planning Commission some young man about, oh, I, I would guess about 28, something like that with his wife, he says, uh, I don't, I'm staying with my mom now, but but I, I, I I prefer to live on the street uh, mm-hmm. and, and panhandle. that's my choice of lifestyle fair you know, enough uh it, it's that, that's his choice. I don't find that admirable but uh, it, the, the people that uh, uh, that are there because they can't afford a house because mm-hmm. they've lost a job because they're in uh, uh, they're, they're in some sort of uh uh financial economic or even uh social distress. Uh, they're, they're out on the street uh, we've had some success uh, there's, there's one and it's only that, it's an anecdote but uh, got to start uh, somewhere. We, we were there was a, a man oh in his 50s uh, that was homeless uh, uh, living in and around down, downtown a personal relationship was developed with him by these volunteer police mm-hmm. and, and by the city police found out what his story was, found out that he had a family. Uh, He was embarrassed to contact his family uh, and they were able, they asked him, what do you need? He says, well, I just need uh, to go to a shelter for a while, get myself together and and then I'll, I'll face my family. Well, they did it, they made it happen and he's now back with his family.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, and it sounds deceptively simple—just asking well, what they need and well, giving It's deceptively
1: simple, but, but, but it works. But it it works work. because most people treat them as pariahs. Yeah, they treat them as scum on the, the street. The stigma is strong. The, the, the stigma that you're not working—you uh, uh, know, you're, you're a strong, healthy uh, young young person. Why the hell don't you have a job? Uh, uh, so they're treated uh, as subhuman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, well, I mean, they are human. That's, yeah. that's that's a wrong way to treat them. But the right way to treat them is that they are human beings that have got some goals and desires and some needs. And if you can tap into satisfying a need that will get them off of the street, that's how you solve the problem.
0: One to one. Yeah. Uh, Having a system uh, in place for that, like these volunteer police, yeah, which which is is, is the first step.
1: We've had for two years. Homeless population here in the city uh, is down. I think the latest statistic I read it was like four hundred and thirty-eight last year. It's down to like three hundred and sixty something this year. So there has been some improvement. Yeah, I mean it's 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 incremental. It's not major, but the third wing uh, or the third. Uh, arm arm of that is to develop a shelter right Uh, and uh, uh, the city recently declared I, I think reluctantly and and browbeaten the City Council finally said yeah we've got a crisis for homeless which taps into some state money but we need to take that money and Seaside's same money from the state and Salinas we need to come up with a regional Everybody kicks in to get a regional shelter where people can go, not just overnight, but can go and stay if they choose to. Sure. And and and, and the key with that, and, and again what I've found talking uh-huh. to them, talking to homeless people or at hearings and hearing what they have to say, uh, is some people don't like a caseworker. They don't want to, I mean that's a problem with Salvation Army Shelter. Mm. Uh, if you're going to be down there, you have to agree you're not going to drink, you're not going to do drugs, you're, not, you're, you're going to have a, a, a counseling, uh, and you have to make progress with counseling. And if you don't do all those things, you're out. Well, uh, that, that's, that's... It sounds counterproductive it, it, in a way. I, I mean, that, it, that's a good thing for those people that are amenable to it. Mm-hmm. But there are not that many that are. Yeah. They just want a place that is warm and dry. Uh, and, uh, and, and from that, once that relief is off of, uh, or that burden is off of their head that they're not worried about spending the winter outdoors in the rain, uh, then, you know, maybe they can, if they choose to, avail of some counseling.
0: It makes room for it in their life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But they don't have to. And and that's, you know, I'll, I'll be very much insistent because, like, as I said, the Salvation Army. There was another uh, safe place for women, uh, but but you had to agree to be have a counseling, and uh, some people bristle at that. Uh, it's an invasion of their privacy. It's uh, uh, it's Big Brother telling them what to do, and, and, right. and part of their animus, uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of them, uh, is they don't want a Big Brother to tell them what to do.
0: Yeah, I can appreciate that. And I and I also appreciate that you have taken the time to actually learn what these people's thought processes are when and that they have thought processes like everyone else. That there yeah, is they're human beings like everybody
1: else. I mean, you've got as I said some some people are truly mentally ill uh, uh, and and uh, they require uh, you 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 can't reason with them, uh, 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 but but a huge majority are not. They are simply the victims, self-victims or whatever, but anyway, You have to meet them times, yeah um,
0: Going back to a point you made a little earlier about the potential for that parking lot for these women, um, you mentioned there's a lot of resistance from the neighborhood and the City Council eventually gave in to that pressure. Um, so I want to talk about incentives and incentivizing not just um, homeless shelters or services inside of the city limits close to residential areas, but also incentives for creating more housing. Right, I'm aware of a system that incentivizes with the water credits here in the city. Um, I'm also aware that that system uh, has been circumvented and been allowed to be circumvented by city officials. you mean for commercial development? For commercial development. Yeah. So if you if you're going to expand your commercial development or or create an entirely new one, you also have to create affordable housing uh, along with it in order to access greater water supplies. So please clarify this if I'm misunderstanding because I only have a cursory knowledge of it. No, well that's that's but, where
1: the priority, but we still have very little water to allocate. Right. Uh, uh, so uh, I mean, you look at how many starts have there been. In the last, you could say in the last four years, when my uh, opponent has been mayor, or you can say in the last ten years, or let's let's say the last eight years, how many starts has there been of a new project that would provide affordable housing? Well, according Whether to that, it's mixed use yeah, or entirely.
0: At the candidate forum, I heard that there were about fifty to sixty residences being developed, but uh, and that that's the only project that they were able to name in the last four years or so, um, really just in recent history. And a few dozen homes is not anywhere near satisfying the demand. It, so the incentive system isn't working. It,
1: well, I, I don't think that's a pretty pretty pallid in, in, uh, incentive system, if you're just talking about water. Evidently, yeah. Single-family homes is never going to address the problem, because they will immediately I mean, even if you somehow if the public pays for it and builds it, and deed restricts it, you still run into twenty-five years from now. Uh, whoever owns that house uh, wants to get free of that restriction to enjoy the appreciation. Yeah. And the, and because they paid the mortgage all this time, they think they're entitled. And unfortunately, the courts tend to find whatever excuse they can to avoid that deed sure. restriction. What's required in terms of incentives? Uh, is to create areas zone zones if I could use that mm-hmm. term within this city where you can go up and more dense. Mm-hmm. Uh And a perfect example of how this could work and has failed to work mm-hmm. we did the North Fremont specific plan. you know what North Fremont is,
0: right? Uh, I you'll have to okay. Help it's me out. it's it's
1: from the seaside border where the big Safeway is. Okay, yeah, all that's the way we're... into the highway. Okay, uh, that long stretch of stoplights and so on and yeah. so forth, which looks like a huge strip
0: mall, essentially. Yeah, yeah. 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 Bunch of sushi restaurants, Chinese yeah. restaurants, gas yeah, stations, CVS. Uh, but also a yeah. bunch of empty lots, vacated lots, condemned lots. They look like yeah, yeah. Completely useless. We we
1: we did
0: a what
1: uh, what was called the North Fremont Specific Plan. Uh, we being the Planning Commission, we did a, uh, we did th- th- three great plans that the city has not that, th- that this council has left on the shelf. But we did them in the uh, from 2008 until about where well, the last one was done in. in uh, was completed in 2016. Um, at North Fremont, what we designed as planners, Planning Commission, and approved, was we're going to have North Fremont itself, which is a transportation corridor, lots of bus service. There's now, I mean, the, the, the big bike lane that's going in there was part of our mm-hmm. plan. It's the only part of our plan that's, that's that's been implemented because they got federal money. Go figure. Uh, but all of the property up and down was to be three to four story mixed use. and uh, that gave us I mean if all of that had been built, we we'd, have, we'd e- easily have six hundred units yeah added but 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 you know each project uh, would be good for from thirty to fifty units because it all needs to be rebuilt. There's almost nothing on that street yeah. that, that that is worth saving. Uh, uh, and um, uh, so it's a redevelopment thing, but you, the incentives are you give incentives to the developer to go in there and do something that makes economic sense to him, that is that can be profitable for him, but at the same time requiring affordability, at least inclusionary so. And, and uh, that's a location where affordability is much easier to obtain and something that has an ocean view, like it's going in down on Canary Row. Right. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, but that was all premised upon, uh, or going up three, to, three to four stories, and have shared parking. That shared mean, parking. That, okay. that that means that there's a parking a, spot out there that is shared by the retail that's on the first floor okay. and the mm-hmm. residents up top, under the presumption that. The, the that the people who live up top don't need it during the day, right? They're working. Something like the that. The retail uses it during the day, but they don't need it during the night.
0: Symbios. So it
1: cuts down, and, and and parking is just wasted space. Uh, uh, so uh, you want the, the the city, and that's one of the things that I would immediately change. Uh, I I tried to change. I on you know, another planning commissioner who's also been. Sluffed off mm. the Garden have been trying to get the city to lower its parking requirements for new development because they reflect a 1980s outlook where everybody had their own car. Yeah, and, and where, there were fewer of us. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 it required two parking spaces per bed. Wow. So it assumed that if there's if there's a bedroom here, it's a one if, if it's a one bedroom apartment that there's a husband and a wife or Two, each two, two, two adults each of whom have their own car.
0: That's not necessarily the reality today. It's not the
1: reality today. My my son uh, uh, right I have, I have one son who's, I guess he's 32. He lives in Hollywood. He doesn't have a car. He hasn't had a car since he graduated. And that's the story for he's a lot of people my
0: age, our age. Yeah, because they are paying ass as your son. Yeah. I wish I didn't have my car. It's yeah. a
1: financial burden. You got to pay for him, you got to find a place to park him. He lives in East Hollywood. Uh he, he, he doesn't have a parking space yeah. in his unit, so uh, uh, so I mean, we our planning requirements need to reflect that. Your generation doesn't need two cars in yeah. in,
0: in every bedroom. We're happy with good public transit, if you, yeah. if well, you
1: provide it to us, and and, as, and and being able to walk. So the incentives are: we're going to tell that developer we're going to cut down your parking requirements, which we ought to be doing anyways. But but that gives him more space to develop. We're going to give him a density bonus that lets him go up a little bit higher uh, than the zoning would otherwise Mm -hmm. allow. And what I would like to see happen, uh, uh, well, let me me finish the story. Uh, So that's what we approved. And and we fought two years with the neighbors on the the east side of Fremont, the so-called Kona neighborhood. Who mm. are filled with activists that are super sensitive because the jazz festival, once a year, has spillover parking in their neighborhoods, and it makes them crazy. Yeah. because they have too many
0: cars. I live in that neighborhood, and I was there for it this year. It didn't affect my life. Yeah, uh, right. I, you know, that's I'm just one person, but still.
1: Yeah, but uh, but it but it it ruins their world mm. uh, if you hear them talk about it, and so. They don't want it. And, and, and so they they uh, opposed this plan. When I went to city council, they had somebody come in with some parking study that was bogus. I mean, I, I'm a lawyer and an engineer. I immediately saw that he'd made, he had made the wrong assumption about how many parking spaces were there and that threw everything else off. But nobody else on the council saw that. And so the council was persuaded to th- throw out shared parking. Hmm. And, uh, and that was in 2013. There has been zero development on North Fremont since then. Hmm. There, there's, there's one that's planned uh, on what used to be the old Eddie's site, which is towards this end. Uh, which used to be a dingy nightclub it 's been torn down it's mm-hmm. a plan to put up uh, a th- just a three story, but it would add thirty four units affordable units. Uh, the neighbors are opposed to it because it 's three stories
0: so that 's a really well ingrained sort of dynamic that I've been hearing of in my home county, in Sonoma County, where it's very similar. Our downtown, you might see a few buildings above the fourth or fifth story, but the rest of it's pretty much low-rise. What, you know, as we're sort of wrapping up here, there are these things like nimbyism and other just sort of cultural things, this sort of the small-town feel we're trying to preserve. How would you as mayor approach people to 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 sort of discuss what the ramifications of those um, those sorts of ingrained attitudes are
1: Yeah, I started it Monday night the first time I had a question that I had a chance to expand on my ideas but it's a question of leadership you need I mean what a leader does is he sees he has a vision for what's best for the community and then he persuades the community to come along with him uh, and so I started I said why should you care you know all of you people that own your homes that continue to go up in value you're getting richer every year why should you care that, that the worker bees can't, can't live here so why should they care yeah yeah they should care and, and, I, and I, I say because as a, a substantial part of our daytime population doesn't vote here doesn't pay taxes here, doesn't join PTAs, doesn't come to council meetings, doesn't join neighborhood associations. They're not invested in this community. And that's why this no longer has a small town feel. Hmm. And those people who think like my opponent and like the people in Kona, uh, uh, that they can somehow restore the small town feel we had back in the '70s and '80s, by 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 closing the doors to 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 working uh, uh, men and women and their families, are smoking dope.
0: <laughs> Something that only they're, became they're, recently legal here in California. Yeah, I, I, I
1: mean they're just utterly, uh, utterly selfish, utterly self-involved, and they're not thinking at all about what's best for the community.
0: We live in a highly individualistic society, and that's something that's documented by sociologists. Um, America's always been kind of known for its ability to surmount any challenge. Uh, I can only hope, because this is something we're facing as a nation, being, you know, I don't have to tell you about how and why the last election went the way it did. For a lot of the same reasons, people want the old to be the yeah. way things are forever. Um, so it's it's good to see somebody from your generation who has accepted that really undeniable truth that things must change.
1: Yeah, I mean things always change. The question is are they going to change for the better or the worse?
0: And well we have a choice, don't worse we? Here.
1: Yeah. It's changed for the worse here. Okay. Uh, and, and if we don't get, if we don't get a handle on this workforce housing, uh, we're just going to be a, a, a hollow tourist town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I live up the hill here. Uh, it, you you look at the registered voters uh, list, and almost half of the homes, I'm talking above High Street, which is the last. Yep, used to run up to the, to the Presidio. Almost half of them are owned by uh, town owners. Those people bought them as investments as second homes mm. or to retire in, but they 're not involved in this community
0: mm.
1: i mean fortunately, we don't have single uh, short term rentals here and i would I would fight to the death anybody <laughs> who wants to do that here uh, uh, but but uh, uh, but still, because of home prices. Uh, which our homeowners are happy to take when they're ready to give up their home. Uh, uh, we, pri- I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's ever going to happen with 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 the housing, whether that's ever going to be available to the, to the middle class again in this town. I couldn't buy my house today. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, you know, we we need to recognize that we're well on our way to being. Uh, not only not a small local town but a, just a tourist trap but
0: there is an opportunity to turn things there, around there, there's under the right opportunities. leadership
1: the question is yeah. uh, are people willing to uh, look to see what's for the good of the community and that's what leadership does is it leads them every opportunity you get you impress upon them that you want to care about this for the good of the
0: community yeah
1: and, and ultimately, for your good. For well, your you are kids part good. of the community. Yeah. And, every, and, and, and for your kids, issues. I guess, I got three kids, 37 to, or I'm sorry, 27 to, uh, to, to 35. One of them fortunately lives in Carmel in a rental, uh, very expensive rental, but at least she, she has a place to live here. Uh, um, the other one I, I told you lives in Hollywood, uh, my youngest son. Is living back with me because he lost his job down in when they closed half of Disneyland. Um, but he couldn't live here in this town on his own.
0: Right. Well, for every parent that wants to see their kids live a life as good or ideally better than their own, let's hope that our next mayor is able to remind the city of Monterey what the collective good really means.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's what we haven't had
0: uh, for a long time. Mr. McCrowe, thank you. You're welcome. After our conversation was finished recording, Bill brought up something called AB 1598, a bill that would authorize a city, county, or a city and county to adopt a resolution creating an affordable housing authority with power limited to providing low and moderate income housing and affordable workforce housing, as defined, funded through a low and moderate income housing fund, as specified. Of course that is bill language, that is lingo for the assembly. But this bill passed, so the city of Monterey does have the authority to create an affordable housing authority. The question is, why hasn't it happened yet? Anyway. Thanks again to Bill McCrone for sitting down with me and having an in-depth conversation about policy. As a voter and as a policy student, I'm very grateful. And I hope the rest of you got a lot out of it as well. I know I did. Stay tuned for the fourth episode in our Candidate Series with Ed Smith. We'll be releasing that later this week. Talk to you soon.